This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, and today we have an episode introducing the Friendly Bear Research. In this episode of the Friendly Bear Research, I, David, aka Reverse Long, am interviewed by a representative of White Diamond Research in a debriefing after returning from my trip to Bucaramanga, Colombia to expose flora growth, ticker symbol FLGC, for what they really are, a blatant pump and dump scheme with known nefarious individuals involved in the company. This interview gives insight on what I saw during my trip to Flora Growth. There will be a future podcast episode describing my entire trip to Bucaramanga, Colombia for the entire experience as well. Make sure to tune in. That being said, here is the full debriefing. This is Paul with White Diamond Research and I'm here with David Capablanca of the Friendly Bear Podcast and Research who recently went to Bucaramanga, Colombia to investigate the company Flora Growth, which is listed on the NASDAQ under ticker FLGC. Flora Growth is a foreign marijuana company and has been involved with shady characters as well as boiler room blatant stock promotions and among other questionable activities. In this podcast episode, we are going to talk about all of David's experiences in Colombia and what he found at the Flora Growth cultivation facility there. So, David, what prompted you to want to visit Flora Growth site in Bucaramanga, Colombia? All right, so um, a few things. So at first, I always have a like a list of pump and dumps from like an email. So if, you know, about a year ago, I signed up for a whole list of pump and dumps just through a simple Google search, Google like stock tips, stock promotions, and uh, you know, I just want to my email fed with the latest uh, stock promotions just to see potential investigations. And I saw Flora Growth sent out a pump back in around May or sometime around there. And um, they were compensated. Whoever sent out the email was compensated by, by someone associated or, or from Flora Growth. And uh, yeah, so that, that raised a red flag right away. And a few months later, the stock started going up. You know, it went from three to four to five. And started catching my attention and then that's when i um ran the idea by by white diamond research and we both uh came up with a conclusion okay that the idea to, the proposal to, for me to go to colombia or send someone to colombia and i i was like you know what i'll do it i'm bilingual i'll uh i'll head over there and and uh, we started investigating with the idea that i'm going to go over there and check it out and that's exactly what what happened and uh can you talk about your trip there and what the timeline was to get there all right, so the timeline. Um, all right, so Flora Growth started gaining gaining traction uh, around the time I went there, a little bit before, and then the stocks that are bouncing around. Um, I took off on Saturday. I bought the ticket on a whim. Uh, I think it was August seventh. I flew out. I got there by August eighth. Um, I already did a ton of research together with White Diamond. We both uh, did a lot of research to prepare before, prepare me for the trip because. Um, you couldn't, you can't find anything on Google or on anywhere where Flora Growth is. They just show photos on their Instagram and Facebook and social media, but they don't have any exact addresses. So I took a one-way flight, um, and I did the one-way because I knew what I, I, no one knows where this site is, and I thought I was gonna have to ask around where it is and figure out a way to get there. So I took a one-way flight and I was willing to take as long as it took. I was going to give it up to a month. <laughs> I was in, but actually I found it right away. Um, I met a, the people I stayed with was a, an, at a hostel 
uh, the guy had a bike and we went straight there. We went straight there the next day. Um, yeah, we'll get on with that in a minute. Yeah, so I mean, uh, just to touch up on that, how did you uh, end up finding the Flora Growth site? Okay, so it was a combination of things. So, so I, I have a background in architecture and landscape architecture and just site analysis in general that comes along with that. And I was able to use all my skills to find it uh, pretty efficiently. So with their social media posts of the, of the site, um, you can kind of put together the site together with Google Images. But the reason why I was able to find it on Google Images was because one of the sites, one of the photos on Instagram says Finca Canta La Vieja underneath the floor growth map in Bucaramanga, California at their site. So I took the Finca Canta La Vieja words, text, I put it into Google Maps into the city Bucaramanga, Colombia, and the site showed up. Uh, so whoever's leasing the land out to them or whatever is owns Finca Canta La Vieja, and we can get into that. Uh, and Canta La Vieja is the whole area, and so I was able to zoom into the whole area and piece together where the site was um, in Finca Canta La Vieja with, together with the photos and things like that. I pieced it all together, and yeah, that's how I found it. Gotcha. And uh, how did you plan to reach the Flora Growth site? Flora Growth site. So I, I looked on Google Earth, right, for the Finca Canta La Vieja, and I found the site that matched up with the Google images that Flora had on the site. Um, how did I find it? So I flew into Bucaramanga. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to get there. I knew where it was. I thought, at worst case, I'm going to have to hike there. So I saw it was like a seven-hour hike to Finca Canta La Vieja from where I was staying. And I was like, I'm a big hiker. So uh, I was like, you know what? At worst case, I can hike there. Um, Flora Growth does not show any roads or anything of that nature on their website, on their Instagram, on their Facebook. Nowhere they, they show any way to get to their site. They just show their like random photos on their site. And um, I thought, okay, at worst case, I can hike and also I can ask locals. Maybe I can, I've, I've traveled a lot in, in other countries. Maybe I'll, I'll pay someone to give me a ride or something or Uber. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But I was very determined to go do it. I, I kind of like adventures. Um, it turned out the um, the hostel owner had a motorbike, and I guess you know he's a local, so he's used to that. And I paid him some money, and he took me he took me to the site. And and so for the duration of the trip, uh, how many days were you there? And then how many times did you visit the Flora Growth Cultivation Facility over that duration? All right. So yeah. So I landed. The airplane landed on Saturday the 7th. By the morning of the 8th, uh, I told the hostel owner on the 7th the night. He asked me what I'm doing there. They wanted to take me like kite surfing and paragliding and all that. And I was like, you know, that's cool, but uh, I'm just here. I need to find this site, you know. And Zavi, his name was Zavi. He's like, you know what? He, at first he laughed. He's like, wow, that's in the mountains, man. Like, well, you really want to go there? And I was like, yeah, you know, so let's, let's try going here. And then uh, he said, yeah, sure. So he gave me a price. It was like 40 Colombian pesos. And um, the next morning, he told me, be ready at 7.30 in the morning. So I was ready. We took his motorbike, went straight over there the next the next morning after landing. And um, yeah, we went on the motorbike for three hours over there trying to ask around. So the GPS kind of loses its traction, you know, so you have to kind of ask around and feel your way through the maps on the offline. And uh, this was on, on the back of a motorcycle. It was intense. 
Well, yeah, I got to, I got to the site with uh, Zavi. Zavi is a cool dude, and I, I saw the site twice. So I went once. I spoke to uh, the security guard over there at the front gate, and this is all documented in the videos and uh, and the report. So I went to the front gate. The security guard he he couldn't have Wi-Fi to call the manager, which the manager was was um, Javier, and uh, Javier showed up on the speakerphone of his phone and told me to come back Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday for a tour. And uh, so, yeah, so that was the, so Sunday was the first day. And then Monday, uh, Javi had to go out of town. I think it was out of town. Yeah, out of town. And then Tuesday, Zavi's bike was broken from the trip, actually. I think Monday and Tuesday, the bike was broken. It was in a repair shop. And then Wednesday, we went again. So the site, we went twice up, up those crazy mountains on the back of a dirt bike at me and I was in Colombia from Friday, Saturday night, Saturday night. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday went to the site. Thursday, I couldn't get a flight out of there. It was like remote. Friday, I got out of there. So I was there for the week, basically Sunday through Friday. Okay, great. And so, uh, who did you speak at with the flora cultivation center? Okay. Yeah. So, at the floor at the at floor the growth facility. Uh, cultivation facility um yeah so the security guard let me in the first time and i had a pen to record like a like a james bond kind of pen and um it recorded uh and and, and it had a camera with it too so it records it recorded the security putting javier franco the vp of agriculture of flora on the phone and uh recording the whole thing of him telling me to give uh, the security my ID, my phone number, and my information, my email, whatever it is, to him, uh, so I can come back. And he said he had to check with the government and all this stuff. So I obliged, you know, like I, I had nothing to hide. Um, I gave him everything, and he told me to come back. So I came back. But yeah, I spoke to the VP of Agriculture, Javier Franco, and he's listed on the website as a VP. He's listed on the SEC filings. Yahoo Finance, you go everywhere, you see Javier Franco, you can see his birthday, I think he's 50-something years old, and you see how much uh, his, his salary is, $59,000. All his information is public, he's the VP of Agriculture, I spoke to him. Oh, okay, and so uh, when you did speak to him, uh, you mentioned you talked to him again on Wednesday, was that correct? That is correct, yeah. So, I, so did he end up giving you a tour then, that day? Yeah, no, no, so on, on, on um, Sunday, when I was there the first time, um, he was on speakerphone. He wasn't there. In fact, I su I guess I surprised them by showing up on a Sunday. But I was, you know, I'm, I'm there a limited time, so I'm trying to make the most of it. So yeah, I, I went there on Sunday. Security put me, the Colombian security guard there. When he had like an, an old pistol, like from the 50s. Uh, he put Javier Franco on the phone. Javier told me in a very nervous tone, which is uh, going to be in a YouTube video that you can check out. Uh, to come back on Monday or Tuesday and he told me to give my like I said you know like my ID my phone number my uh, email whatever it is and to come back and the he has to run my information by the government and to come back and uh, the second time I went on Wednesday because it didn't ex I, I, in my opinion they didn't expect me to come back like that trip is so rugged to go to you need to be like a like a professional motocross person to get through the levels of terrain on, uh, on that site. That, that's that's some serious off-roading. Um, 
And if it was not for me being in good shape and like determined to go there, it would have never happened. It would have, it would have never happened. But yeah, I went there on Wednesday. I showed up. Um, the security guards kept, uh, they, they told me they can't find Javier. They can't get in contact with him, this and that. And you know, you got to put yourself in, in my shoes. Like I come from another country specifically to go see the site. And, um, I'm not going to just leave like that. I'm not going to say, okay, when you told me to come. So I, uh, I stayed there asking for Javier. I asked the security guard, Hey, you know, can you put him on the phone? Get me through Javier. And he, eventually, uh, I guess Javier was watching somehow from afar because he, I guess enough was enough. He, you know, I was there for like 20, 30 minutes in the front gate talking to the security guard with Zavi, the guy that took me there in the motorcycle. He was right beside me also pleading too. He was like, man, we, he was actually telling the security guard in Spanish, like, we just came a long way, man. He's from another country. Like he, uh, I was here. Even he said, he's like, Javier told him to come back. And I was here. I, 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 he said that. And the security guard was stuck in, stuck in a situation where he didn't know what to do. So then Javier shows up out of nowhere. He shows up. Uh, he tells me, in a nervous tone again, you know, and at this time I didn't pull out my camera. So he's telling me, hey, hey, you know, uh, I can't let you in, this and that. Sorry, I apologize, sorry. And I told him, I told him, you know, you told me to come. You told me to come, you know, it's like I come from the United States all the way over here as a potential investor and you told me to come on Sunday. And now you're telling me I can't come. That's, you know, it's messed up. You know how hard it was to come here? And he told me, he's like, yeah, I know how hard it is to come here. You know, I take a motorcycle myself. We all take motorcycles here. And um, and I was like, so I just came here for nothing. And then I pull out the camera. I pull out the, the, the camera on my phone. And um, he gets really nervous. He flips all of a sudden. He goes, what is this? He tries to grab my phone, try to get physical. And he's talking at me through a gate. So he puts his hands through the gate and uh, he flips out. And then he kind of turns around and like, to catch a breath because he was really like it seemed like he was really nervous like he didn't he overreacted all of a sudden he was trying to calm down and uh yeah i got him on camera with all of that and yeah so that's uh yeah that was that and, and so you mentioned that it took you uh, approximately what four hours to get to the to the site almost four hours the first time yeah, it was like three hours three and a half hours something like that um how were the road conditions the road conditions, yeah, the road conditions were absolutely terrible. Um, so bumpy, uh, mud. You know, so Colombia is very volatile weather over there. It, it rains a lot. Um, the rain comes and goes. The terrain is like muddy. It's puddles. Uh, there's no Wi-Fi. There's no lights. So on the way back, uh, you really got, and it was getting dark around like 530 or something like that. So you really had to like be careful the time coming back because there's no lights up there. There's no traffic up there. The roads are really narrow. Um, you can't do U-turns. We tried a couple U-turns with the bike because we got lost a couple of times and not many people live up there. It's, it's just, and it's, it's just constant uphill. And, uh, yeah, I remember towards, uh, as you go higher, it gets steeper. And after a while, like the bike can't carry two people. The bike can barely get up itself. Um, and I have videos of that too. And you can see the, the roads are just mudslide can happen at any time. Um, it's absolutely, so you have to get off the bike, uh, and, and, and hike it 
if you're carrying more than two people or just more than one person. How many people did you encounter along the way? Along the way, okay, so there was like two or three like small houses there, I guess people live there in the mountains, you know, it's, yeah. uh, and that we asked them for directions and at first they were kind of sketched out. They're like, I told them I was an architect, I am an architect, so I said, I, I, I'm an architect and I'm here looking for floor growth, uh, finca canta la vieja, cosechemos, I use those keywords and then those people point here, there, they all pointed different directions. So Zavi, the motorcycle driver I had, um, he was a really nice guy. You know, he wanted a re good reviews for his the, the hostel experience, and he, you know, I paid him well. And he's just a gentleman, you know. So he was determined to do a good job. So we we did it until we found it. You know what I mean? We, so yeah. Great. Yeah. And so uh, I mean, what was the biggest surprise that you encountered when you were there in person? The surprise. Um, all right. So. I did not expect to go that kind of a crazy journey. Like, you know, when you're sitting on the back of a motorcycle for two and a half to three and a half hours, um, three and a half hours the first time, and then two and a half hours, two hours back down. And then the second time was like more efficient, two and a half, two and a half, uh, or three hours, three hours, something like that. It's just, I did not expect that thing to last so long, to be so steep. Um, I didn't expect, like, uh, you know, just the, the, the roads there, you know, like on their website and everything, they make it sound like it's like a, like a utopia up there. It's, it looks, it's, it's just like, it's so bad. Like I, I wouldn't, I don't know how people live up there. It's like, there's so disconnected from society and the, the roads. So, I mean, that's, that's a surprise. And also, I guess, you know, Javier is a surprise too. He said the I can go for a tour. He told me to come back. I did everything I needed to. And um, he didn't want to do it, you know. So, but I guess, you know, honestly, I, I wasn't too surprised about that. Because they, they sent pump emails, paid compensation. You know, you can see the report. Like, these guys are just shady characters all around. Um, what do you, what can you expect? You know what I mean? But, yeah, the surprise was, uh, the, the the ride over there was the biggest surprise, like, how hard it was to get over there. Sounds like it. And so, uh, in between trips to the Florida growth site, uh, you went also to their offices listed on the SEC filings. Is this correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, can you go over what you found there and kind of describe what you saw? And yeah, absolutely. So, so, um, it, it fit in perfect. So when Javier's bike actually, so the bike broke, uh, and, there's a mechanic there's mechanics for bikes everywhere because bike everybody rides motorcycle motorbikes over there mm -hmm. so um right next door where i was staying he had a mechanic there so we had the mechanic and i decided okay this is perfect i'm gonna go check out the offices so i went to go check out the sites on uh on the sec filing and lo and behold one of the sites uh listed on there is actually a mall you know it's like come on man so like it's it's a full giant mall you know, it's like any mall in the U.S. Actually, it's a nice mall. You know, they got like clothing stores, uh, you name it. Just the full coffee shops, food court, yeah, all that. So it's like, come on, man. So so they listed a mall as an address, uh, as an office. You know what I mean? How, how vague and sketchy is that? Um, yeah, but I, I ate lunch at the mall and I used the time wisely. You weren't able to find anything? No, the mall. Yeah, I found the mall. So... They had a, 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 
like a unit number on there, 17A. There's no 17A at the mall. And so, uh, I mean, besides all that, uh, sounds like you had quite the adventure. And uh, we appreciate you committing the time and flying out to Columbia to do the investigation. And uh, we look forward to any future research uh, from the Friendly Bear. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, this is going to be on uh, on the Flinty Bear podcast, the YouTube channel, and we're going to have links to all the stuff I described in the report. So you can click the links in the report and see a short videos on it. The videos are a minute or under for the most part. Yeah, it's it's all there. Anyone wants to check it out. Great. Well, David, thank you. Thanks a lot.